Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. You ever prayed a prayer and didn't get it answered? Probably happened more than once, huh? Or you're believing for something and the other thing happened instead of what you were confessing and believing? I've had that happen. I can remember I was convinced at one point that we were going to get a building for this church. And um, I just felt like I knew that I knew. And I even took our staff over to this building one time and held a faith staff meeting in it. And we went there and we were, I'm like, this is, this is the place for us. And I just knew it and felt like we had favor with the owner of the building at the time. He was actually just started coming to our church and and so I started talking to him about that building, how much I loved it. And I felt like we were, we were really going somewhere. And then all of a sudden, it was nothing. The building got sold to somebody else and life went on there. But man, that marked me for a while. And I, I really had to fight discouragement over that. And even fight the, the feeling of inadequacy as your pastor, as somebody who hears from God. I know I'm probably all by myself and feeling this way at times, but uh, forget, just let me confess before you. Um, and and um, there, was also, there was also a house that Heather and I and the kids were believing for. We even had a faith box where we were putting stuff in it and we had the scripture on it and we were thanking the Lord for it every day. And well, that house got sold, somebody else. And again, all that stuff starts coming in, the discouragement, the, was, I, was I off, Lord? Did I miss you? What, what was the deal? And then, and then my dad got sick and started praying for him and confessing that he was healed. And, and then in October, he passed away. And these are moments that come up in your life and you think, well, why didn't life not play along here? Well, it's supposed to do. Our, you know, our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And, and now, instead of, instead of, feeling and sensing the victory of our faith, I feel like I'm fighting discouragement again. And these, these things happen in our lives and, and it causes us to start asking questions. And a lot of times the question goes either at us or at God, right? What did I do wrong or where were you? Right? And in this, in this journey over the last few months of, of just really a lot of a lot of heart time with the Lord and um, getting some outs, outside help and insight and wisdom. Um, and I told you part of this, something that has really stood out to me, and I, I still think about it a lot, and it's something that's a meditation in my heart, is that the Lord is touched with the feelings of, of our infirmities. He, in other words, what that means is that he feels what we feel. He feels that disappointment. He feels that discouragement. And, and what we're singing about tonight, the faithfulness of God and bringing us out and delivering us out of darkness. And, and sometimes I think that maybe we get caught up in the small picture instead of the big picture. And at the end of the day, here's the truth. God is good. God can be trusted. He never changes. And so 
That's the rock I stand on. You know, that's the rock I stand on. So that when life doesn't play along and when things happen that you don't have answers for, you still have a rock to stand on. And I want to encourage you tonight. I really felt like the Lord started talking to me about this tonight. I didn't have any plans for this, but I feel like maybe there are one or more here that have been fighting discouragement when things haven't gone like you thought they were supposed to go. And maybe, maybe, just maybe take a second look at it. And there might be a couple of thoughts on it. One, maybe you're not looking at it the right way. Is it okay if I question that? Because I had to do, I really do a lot of heart searching in, in, in some of these times in my life. And I, I thought about Jesus, how discouraging or how tempting it was to be disappointed and discouraged when one of his own 12 denied him and, and turned him over to be arrested, which thrust him into the week of suffering and then his ultimate crucifixion and death. And, 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 and Jesus says, Friend, you betray me with a kiss, and yet Jesus is still calling him friend. Jesus still chose Judas, even though, let's say that he, he already saw the whole thing, and, and yet knowing that he would deny him, still chose to choose him. He chose Peter. That had to really hurt to know that Peter denied him not once, twice, but three times. In just a matter of moments, and, and one of those gospels says that Jesus turned and looked at Peter on that third time. And the disappointment Peter must have felt in the moment, because just a few hours before he was saying, Lord, if everybody is made to stumble, if everybody abandons you, I won't do it. And Jesus said, I've got some really tough news for you. And he even told him what was going to happen. And, 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 and he did. You know, things he got in situations and circumstances where, where uh, it, it was easier to, to make a different decision. And a lot of that happens out of fear. You know, when, when I, your world starts to crumble, you, you'll make irrational decisions. Fear just does that. It's always irrational. It always goes to the extreme. It always leads you in the wrong way. But yet, then I see still, even though God himself when he looked over mankind after the fall of Adam and, and, and the way mankind just kept going downhill and kept going downhill and kept going downhill. And then the, the Bible says that, that God was sorry that he ever made man. He was so brokenhearted over it. And yet, Noah found grace in the eyes of all that disappointment. Thank God he did. We wouldn't be here, Right? I think about all the times that God has been dis possibly discouraged or disappointed or and certainly upset and angry at his own people who he did all these wondrous things for and yet they still would turn away. And I think, you know, this is a two-way street. It's, God understands. He understands. And, and when Jesus saw us, when he became a man, when God became a man and walked among us, he, that's when he, I believe that's when God understood us better than he ever had understood us before. Because all he could do at one point from heaven was shout commands at us. Love me with everything in you. Well, that didn't make him love him with everything in yeah. And because that wasn't fixing it, he became like us. 
and walked among us and he healed the sick and he, and he taught us about God and he taught us about the Father. And I want to just share a few thoughts about uh, our Father God. I've just titled tonight's message, Echoes of the Father. Because he, even though he has been denied, even though he has been rejected, even though he has been turned on, yet he continues to be faithful. What is it about him? Why does he continue to be this good? Yeah. It's something that we learn about God that when things don't even play along for him because he gave us all choice, knowing that the risk of all that and yet choosing to love us, choosing to give us this life, knowing that certainly there would be disappointments and failures and mistakes and sins and all those kinds of things. Because His goodness isn't predicated upon our goodness. His love isn't predicated upon our love. He loves no matter what because He is love. He's good because He is good. He does good because He is good. And this is why we have hope all the time because things happen in life that we don't understand. But here's one thing that we are going to understand by looking at the Scriptures tonight. That our Heavenly Father loves us. If you don't get anything out of tonight, just remember this. God loves you. And He was willing to pay the highest price to have you in His family. Ephesians chapter 5, can we turn there for a moment? Verse 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, or followers, or echoes of the Father. Be imitators. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Jump down to verse 8. For you were once darkness... Notice it says past tense. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful to even speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Verse 15, see them that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. See, he has given us his word so that we can understand his will. See, there are mysteries of life, but his will is no longer mysterious. He has made it plain to us. And I think that's where we kind of get our, our, our perspective skewed sometimes when we put the mystery in the will of God rather than just in things we can't explain. He has shown us his will when he gave us his son. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we know what the will of God is by looking at his son. And what did Jesus do? How did he show us the will of God? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Wow. Everybody say love. This is it. And walk in love, it says. Verse 2, as Christ also loved us and given himself 
for us. So, so the, the, the product here of love is giving, right? He loved us and gave himself. This is the demonstration of his love for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. To love is to give. And so Jesus gave himself for us. Humanity and divinity are both reconciled in Jesus Christ. He is God and he is man. And Think about this. The one who has the power of an endless life. This is how Hebrews describes Jesus. He has the power of an endless life laid down that life and died for our sins. Approximately 10 days after Jesus told Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. 10 days after that, he would breathe his last on the cross. Wow. Romans says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So God took the greatest risk in giving, didn't he? Yeah. No guarantees, because he gave us choice. No guarantees that anybody would respond to this incredible, sacrificial love that he would give his own son to die for our sins with no guarantees that anybody would choose to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's not, he doesn't force salvation on us doesn't force us to come into his family, right? He just pours out this extravagant love and hopes for the best. And I'm looking at several people here tonight who have responded to that love, who said, yes, I'll take that. I'll take eternal life. <laughs> Amen. I'll take a born-again spirit any day of the week, right? So he gave his son to this broken and sinful and hostile world to die for our sins with no guarantees. But God does know something about mankind when he created him. He knows that we are all born with the need to be loved. That's because we're made in the image of God, who is love, right? So <clears throat> the Bible says, and this is love, not that we loved him, but that he first loved us. I was watching my grandchildren today. And um, I watched Tessa Rose learn a lesson from Boston because, you know, he's nine days older. And she, she pretty much runs our house. We don't get to see Boston near as much as we get to see Tessa Rose. But we went and picked him up Sunday, and we've had him ever since. And, uh, and so when he comes to the house... She, she's a little threatened by his presence there. And she wants him to know that, no, this is where, this is my kingdom. This is my domain. See all these adult subjects? Okay, you need to act like them. But Boston, he's so happy-go-lucky, he's just happy to be here, you know? Wide-eyed wonder all the time. And, and so she didn't want to share her food with him. She, he, he would reach for a snack, and she would pull her little cup away. Mm. She'd like, mm. do that kind of thing. Well, <clears throat> here in a little bit, I got some snacks for Boston, and he sits down, and he starts handing her crackers because she walks over to see what he's doing, you know, what he's eating, and he just starts handing her stuff. And I said, man, she got him trained real quick. <laughs> but it was interesting to see that as he did that, 
And of course, we're going, oh, isn't that sweet? You know, trying to help her learn. See, this is how you're supposed to act. You know? And uh, here in a little bit, they get this ball. And she goes and gets the ball and she hands it to him. Which is huge, right? From what we've seen, the track record. Uh, and she just hands it to him. And then, and then he would throw it. And she'd go get it. And she would hand it to him. And I thought, love is so attractive. It's so attractive. And it is in all of our nature, even from very small children. We respond to it. We respond to love. And this is, how, this is what the Bible says. This is how we can imitate our Heavenly Father as dear, dear children. That is to be those who give love. You'll never go wrong loving others through giving. I mean, it could very well be a great sacrifice in the moment, but, but it, and it may seem risky, and it is. That, welcome to humanity, right? Welcome to the human race. Remember this, your giving, as His giving, should never be predicated upon people, or people's behavior. Hmm? Now, now, if you're paying somebody, that's different. I'm talking about giving. Giving's a whole different deal, right? Your giving flows out of love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love is the motivating factor in our giving. Verse 8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. But all things that are exposed are made manifest. How? By the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. All right? We don't expose darkness by talking about the darkness. We expose darkness by turning the light on. And this is, this is what the gospel does. It's called the light of the gospel. Right? In him was life, and the life was the light of men, the Bible says of Jesus. And he says, you are now the light of the world. So you have to understand that when, as, as a believer, your lights are on and darkness is exposed in that. And people don't like their darkness being exposed. They don't like that. You don't have to call out their darkness. You just be a light and the darkness is like, ah, I'm here. Right? And, and don't, be, don't be surprised if people hate you. So Jesus said, don't, don't, be, don't marvel at that. If the world hated me, it's going to hate you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So just understand that because people don't want their darkness exposed. But when they see somebody who's walking in the light, this is the opportunity. This is the opportunity for a good situation. Yeah. And if you won't be moved by their covering of their darkness or justifying their darkness, right? But just continue to be the light. This is a beautiful thing. Light changes things. Let your light so shine before men that they may see, the Bible says, they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. There are lots of people, many walking in darkness and stumbling through life. So remember who you are and remember whose you are. And let the light of his love radiate through you. That exposes darkness and reveals Christ to those you come in contact with. Your light shines through your conversation. Your light shines through your work ethic. Amen. Your light shines through serving others. Your light shines when you take a moment to stop and pray for someone. Never underestimate the power of simple acts of kindness. Amen. See then, verse 15, that you walk circumspectly. Circumspectly means accurately or accurately. Or, I mean, or exactly or diligently. 
circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You cannot know exactly how to live for God if you don't have the understanding of his will. So when the Bible tells us, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, that means that we can understand it. He's not going to tell us to do something that he knows we can't do. We as the church have an awesome opportunity and responsibility to represent the Lord Jesus to the world. That's why we're here, my one cause family. That's why we're here. The world needs to know that God is good. He's not the problem. He's the solution. Amen. He's the answer. He's the very present help, as, as Alex said, the very present help in times of need, in times of trouble. He's not angry. He's not sitting on his throne fuming at mankind because Jesus took care of God's wrath for us. He's, he's not the cause of calamities in the world. He's not the cause of the violence, of the, uh, of the racism, of the injustices that are happening in our world. He came to save us and to help us in our troubles and our struggles. As I said earlier, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because I don't say anything the Father don't tell me to say, and I don't do anything the Father doesn't tell me to do. So if, since this is true, as Jesus is, the Bible says, so are we in this world. So if Jesus showed us the Father, then we are echoes of the Father too. It's vital that we as the body of Christ understand or learn, learn His will so that we can accurately reflect him. I want to, do, and I'll close with this. I want to just show you a few things just from the scriptures about the father that Jesus taught us and a couple other people so that you personally can learn and know them for yourself and show them to others. One is Matthew chapter six, verse eight. Let's bring that up on the screen. Therefore, do not be like them for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. This is something that we learn from Jesus. The father knows what you have need of before you ask. He doesn't find out about your need when you tell him about it. He knows before you ask. This is how very present he is. Jesus said in John 16, 23, whatever you ask the Father in his name, he will give you. Wow. Now I have to say, when I, when I see that, I've learned that whatever I ask the Father, I do believe that. I do believe that. But sometimes my perspective is only on human terms and with a finite mind. What I didn't realize at this time when I was looking for this certain building, that God was doing something else in our church, actually. This is when we began to expand to other campuses not long after. The prophetic word came, and all of a sudden we started touching other places. And some of those places now have turned into assets for our, our church, and, and we are, are financially and and, and by assets richer than we've ever been as a church. I didn't see that coming. I just saw that we didn't get the building we wanted. But I wasn't giving this bigger picture to God, looking at this from his perspective. It's much bigger than what you're seeing, son. <laughs> Whatever you ask the Father, your Father in heaven will answer your prayers is all I'm saying. Your heavenly Father is merciful according to Luke 6, 36. This is good to know. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. Wow. John 10, 32. Look where the good works come from. Jesus answered that many good works I have shown you from my Father. Which of those works do you stone? For which of those works do you stone me? And he's talking to the religious leaders who are trying to kill him at the time. The good works I've shown you are from the Father. 
How about this? Your heavenly Father has forgiven you of all your sins. Because Jesus asked him to do that. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So these are things we learn about our heavenly Father, that he's good, that he loves us and he answers our prayers, that he has forgiven us. Well, this is good news so far, huh? That he loves the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The world. That means everybody in it. That's why we need to treat everyone decently and be kind to everyone, no matter what they're doing. Our Christianity doesn't depend on them. It depends on him. Amen. He's also your comfort. 2 Corinthians 1 verses 3 and 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father. This is from the Apostle Paul. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So the comfort that we're giving others, we get from Him. And then when you read Paul's letters, you see him open and close with this, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. Everybody say it. Grace and peace. These come from your heavenly Father to you. This is who he is. The will of the Lord for us to learn and to show to others is found in the Father's love. It's found in the Father's forgiveness. It's found in his good gifts. It's found in his mercy. It's found in answered prayer. It's found in good works. It's found in comfort. It's found in grace. It's found in peace. The list goes on. The more you learn, the more you grasp the will of God, the better you'll echo Him. It's not really hard to act like them, act like Him when, when, because you have His nature. I never intentionally tried to look like my dad, but lo and behold, here I am. My dad used to say, uh, I could have had him without Ann. <laughs> I mean, it's almost daily sometimes. I'm just living my life and somebody tells me, you look just like your dad. When you did this gesture, you look just like John Holler. I know. It's in my nature, though. When you're born again, you're a new creation. You're just like him. Hallelujah. So now it's very natural for you to act and look like your father in heaven. Amen. It's not something that you have to strive to do. Just let his nature simply take its course in you and through you to love like your heavenly father, to be the light and to learn his will because his will is good. His will is good. First and foremost, he loves you. That's what you have to remember. The rock that we stand on is God is good and he only does good. Okay. Things we don't understand. That way we don't have to sit and ask why and how. Listen, that, that's a waste of time. It's in those moments of uncertainty where we talk about what we are certain of. Thank you, Lord, that you are a very present help in times of trouble. I don't understand this situation, but I do know this. You love me and you are good. So whatever I don't understand, I'm not going to limit myself to my own human perspective. I'm not going to limit myself to my own experience, to my own reasoning. I'm giving myself to your word. I belong to you. You're my heavenly father. I trust you. Huh? That's a lot easier. It really is a lot easier. And it'll keep you from allowing discouragement to set in 
to dig its claws in you and, and bring your life to a screeching halt. Because eventually it will just bring passivity into your life and indecision. Hmm? We are echoes of him. We're echoes of our heavenly father. So father, I pray that you help us in that. Help us to Lord represent you in this earth, to be the light, to show your love. Lord, to be people who learn from you, to learn your will, to know who our heavenly father is and to not be shaken by that because circumstances have gone awry. We're not seeing things as we thought we were going to see them. Our lives are not the sum of that. Thank you, Lord. We are spirits that are joined to the spirit of the Lord with a heavenly seated position, citizens of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let that be the thing Lord, that, is, that anchors us. When the, when the storms of life are blowing, Father God, that we won't be blown by them, but we will stand firm on this rock that our God is good and our God is on our side and He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because whatever, my family, whatever goes awry here, whatever losses you incur here, there's coming a day, a final day of total resurrection. Hmm? Jesus Christ is going to right all the wrongs. In the book of Revelation, he says these words, Behold, I make all things new. And when he comes and takes charge, he's going to show us how it's really done. But while we're here in charge, let's just do the best we can to be echoes of our Heavenly Father. huh? Let the one who knows how to do it do it through us and what we say, what we think, and how we act. Thank you, Father. If we could just close our eyes for a moment. If you're, if you're here and that's, you're someone that is right now, you're just battling some discouragement in your life. I want to pray for you right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you right now that you are, as Alex said earlier, as your word says, a very present help in times of need. There is hope because you are our hope. You, you see things from an eternal perspective. Time is not an issue to you. So, Father, I thank you right now that you are touched. Mm, you are touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You feel, Lord, the discouragement that they feel, the, the, the misunderstanding, the hurt, the rejection, whatever it may be, because you've felt it yourself. You've been through it yourself many, many times over. But yet you still love. And I pray, Father God, that, that where, where there's discouragement, where there's disappointment, Lord, that they would allow forgiveness to continue to flow through their lives. If it's somebody you need to release, if it's somebody you need to forgive, do that right now. Just do that between you and the Lord. Say, Lord, I forgive them. Your feelings will line up with you. I'm not saying you're going to feel that right now, okay? But you are in charge if you'll take charge. And you choose to forgive, forgive them. All right? Your feelings, will, they'll, they'll line up with your, with your decision right now. But, but don't be indecisive. Don't be passive about it any longer. The only, thing, the only person that's hurting is you. All right? Be free from that right now. The Lord's your help right now. He'll help you. 
Forgiveness is his way to help you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So choose his way. Forgive. Amen. And receive healing. Receive restoration right now. Say, Lord, I need healing. Heal my heart. Heal this pain. And if there's something you need to repent of, then repent of it. Huh? If you've been just dabbling in shame and thinking that you just need to keep feeling bad about this and bad about yourself, hey, that's not how he feels. It's not how he thinks. All right, repent of that. Say, Lord, I, I trust you. I, I love you, and I know you love me. So I'm going to love me, and I'm going to forgive myself. We're going to move forward. It's a new moment. It's a new start right now. Amen. He is the God of many, 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 many new beginnings. His mercies are brand new every day. Amen. Yeah. So he always wants you to be renewed, renewed. He knows what this world offers. <laughs> it's old. But he offers new. So take new now. Make that exchange. Say, Lord, I give you everything now. And I thank you. Thank you for working in my life. I invite you to come into my to my heart and my mind, and I submit everything to you. Thank you. And I receive your love that you have for me. Because your love covers a multitude of sins. Your love casts out all fear. Thank you for that, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Do not let your heart be troubled. Hmm? In this world, you will have trouble. But don't let trouble get in you. Remember this, Jesus said, I have overcome the world, okay? The overcomer is in you, and you will come through this, and you will come out on top because he leads you in triumph, and he gives you the victory. Thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.